Okay, round two. Name something that's not boring. A laundry? Ooh, a book club. Computer solitaire, huh? Ah, oh, sorry. We were looking for Chumba Casino. That's right. Chumbacasino.com has over 100 casino-style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. Chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. Forward, prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. I was smart enough to keep my mouth closed. I kept a big smile on my face, acted like it was no big deal. I knew if I wouldn't verbalize those negative thoughts, eventually they would die stillborn. It's one thing to think that it's impossible, but when you start telling people it's impossible, it takes on a whole new meaning. You may think, I'll never break this illness. I'll never get well. I'll never meet the right person. Those thoughts come to all of us. You can't stop that. My challenge is don't give them life by speaking them out. Don't go call your friends and tell them how it's not going to happen. I told our team, I don't see a way, but I know God has a way. He didn't bring us this far to leave us. My report was God is supplying all of our needs. The funds are coming in. It may look impossible on paper, but with God, all things are possible. I knew better than to curse my future. I didn't want to get trapped by my words. I knew if I'd keep prophesying the right things, increase, favor, more than enough, then we would start moving toward it. In the tough times, you have to especially be on guard. It's very tempting to vent your frustration, tell people how the loan didn't go through and how bad the medical report was, how these people just didn't treat you right. But continually talking about the problem, that's not only going to make you more discouraged, but you're giving that problem more life. You're making it bigger. Turn it around. Don't talk about the problem. Talk about the promise. Instead of, oh, man, I've got this big challenge. No, I serve a big God. He spoke worlds into existence. Nothing's too difficult for him. He said, oh, I didn't get the promotion. God passed over again, another disappointment. Now, I know when one door closes, that means God has something better. He's directed my steps. I'm excited about my future. He said, oh, I'll never meet the right person. Joe, I'm too old. It's been too long. Now, something good is going to happen to me. Divine connections are coming my way. Well, I heard you got a bad medical report. Yes, that's true, but I have another report. It says God is restoring health back unto me. Well, I heard those people did you wrong. Yes, but I'm not worried. God is my vindicator. He's fighting my battles. He's promised to give me beauty for ashes. See, in life, there are always two voices vying for your attention, the voice of faith and the voice of defeat. You'll hear a voice saying, like I did, problem's too big. It's not going to work out. Just accept it. You'll be tempted to worry, to be negative, to complain. But if you listen carefully, you'll hear another voice, the voice of faith, saying God has a way. Favor is coming. Healing is coming. Breakthroughs are coming. One voice will tell you, you've reached your limits. You've gone as far as you can. You don't have what it takes. The other voice, you are well able. You can do all things through Christ. Your best days are still in front of you. Now, here's the beauty. You get to choose which voice comes to life. The way you do it is by what you speak. When you verbalize that thought, 
you're giving it the right to come to pass. If you go around saying, ah, oh, the problem's too big, I'll never get well, you are agreeing with the wrong voice. You've got to get in agreement with God. The other voice may seem louder, but you can override it. You can take away all of this power by choosing the voice of faith. Maybe you're going to a job interview. One voice will tell you, you're not going to get it. You're wasting your time. These people are not going to like you. Another voice will say, you have the favor of God. You're blessed. You're confident. You have what it takes. But if you get up that morning, tell your spouse, I don't think I'm going to get this job. They're not going to like me. I'm not qualified. There's no use even going. You're being trapped by your words. You have to dig your heels in and say, I am not giving life to any more defeat. I am not speaking lack. I'm not speaking sickness. I'm not speaking mediocrity. Not enough. I'm going to choose the voice of faith. It says I'm strong. I'm healthy. I'm blessed. I'm favored. I am a victor, not a victim. This is what David did. When he faced Goliath, it looked impossible. All the odds were against him. If he would have verbalized his negative thoughts, that would have kept him from his destiny. Even though he was anointed to be king, those negative words would have kept him trapped in the shepherd's fields. He could have easily gone around saying, well, I know I'm supposed to face Goliath, but look at him. He's twice my size. He's got more experience, more equipment, more talent. I don't see how this is ever going to work out. You can talk yourself out of your destiny. Negative words can keep you from becoming who you were created to be. Don't fall into that trap. Quit calling in defeat. Quit talking about how it's not going to happen. You can pray in faith. Ask God to turn it around, to do the impossible, but then walk away and start talking about how you're not going to get well, how your child's never going to straighten up, those negative words just canceled out that prayer. But Joel, I'm having this financial crisis. I prayed and asked God to help me, but I don't see how it's going to happen. No, this, that, uh, Father, you said you're Jehovah Jireh, the Lord my provider. Lord, you've done it for me in the past. I know you'll do it for me again in the future. Don't let your words trip you. Negative talk brings negative results. But when you speak faith, favor, victory, that's what allows God to do the impossible. David went out, stood before Goliath. He looked him in the eyes, said, you come against me with a sword and a shield, but I come against you in the name of the Lord God of Israel. This day I will defeat you and feed your head to the birds of the air. Notice he was prophesying victory. He may have felt fear, but he spoke faith. I can hear David as he's going out to face Goliath under his breath. I am well able. I am anointed. I am equipped. If God be for me, who dare be against me? Picked up that rock, put it in a slingshot, slung it. That rock brought Goliath tumbling down. When you face giants in life, when you face challenges, you have to do like David, prophesy your future. Say to that cancer, cancer, you are no match for me. I will defeat you. This addiction may be in my family for years, but this is a new day. The buck stops with me. I'm the difference maker. I am free. My child may have been off course for a long time, but I know it's only temporary. As for me and my house, we will serve the Lord. Prophesy victory over your life. 
There was a man in the scripture named Zerubbabel. He faced a huge mountain, a big obstacle. But like David, he didn't talk about how impossible it was, how it was never going to work out. He said, who are you, O great mountain that would stand before me? You shall become a mere molehill. He was prophesying his future. The mountain looked big, but he declared it would be flattened out. It would become a molehill. There's the principle. Don't talk about the mountains. Talk to the mountain. Look at that mountain of death. Tell it, you can't defeat me. You're coming down. I will lend and not borrow. My cup will run over. Whatever mountains you face in life, no matter how big they look, don't shrink back in fear. Don't be intimidated. Rise up in faith. Tell that mountain you're coming down. Tell that sickness you're temporary. Say to that loneliness, that addiction, that legal problem, who are you, O great mountain, to stand before me? In other words, don't you know who I am, a child of the Most High God? Haven't you read my birth certificate? My Father created the universe. He breathed life into me, crowned me with his favor, called me more than a conqueror. That means you can't defeat me. You can't hold me back. Mountain, you've got to come down. I will overcome this illness. I will break this addiction. I will pay my house off. I will see my family restored. I will accomplish my dreams. What am I saying? Prophesy victory. Prophesy breakthroughs. Prophesy what you believe in for. In the Old Testament, Ezekiel saw a vision. He had this dream of this valley filled with bones. Everywhere he looked, it's like a huge graveyard, acres and acres of bones, people that have died. Bones represent things in our life that look dead, situations that seem impossible, like they'll never change. And God told him to do something interesting. He said, Ezekiel, prophesy to these dead bones. Say to them, oh, you dry bones, hear the word of the Lord. Ezekiel, in this vision, he started speaking to the bones, telling them to come back to life. He called forth skin, muscle, tissue. As he was talking, these bones started coming together, just like out of a movie, morphing back into a person. Finally, God told him to prophesy to the breath and call it forth. The scripture says, as he prophesied, breath came into those bodies, and they stood up like a vast army. You may have things in your life that seem dead. Your health, business, a relationship. All you can see, so to speak, is that valley of dry bones. God is saying to you what he said to Ezekiel. It's not enough to just pray about it. You need to speak to it. Prophesy to those dead bones. Call in help. Call in abundance. Call in restoration. That child that's been off course, don't just pray about it. Prophesy to it. Son, daughter, come back in. You will fulfill your destiny. You're struggling with an addiction. Don't just pray about it. Prophesy. I am free. Chains are broken off of me. This is a new day of victory. Get your checkbook out. Prophesy to it. All it looks like are dead bones, death, lack, struggle. I prophesy to these dead bones. I will lend and not borrow. I am the head and not the tail. I am coming into overflow. Just like with Ezekiel, if you'll prophesy to the bones, God will resurrect what looked dead. He'll make things happen that you could never make happen. Psalm 2 says, I will declare a decree. 
A decree was something that was written down, like an official document. The psalmist was saying, there's something that's been written that I'm going to start speaking. You and I can do the same thing, declare a decree. You should write down your goals. Write down what you want to see happen in life. Any areas that you're struggling in where you need to improve, write it down like it's already done. And then every day, declare that decree. Read over it a couple of times out loud. It's not enough to just think it. Something happens when we speak. You have to prophesy your future. You can personalize yours, but let me give you some generic things that should be on your decree. I am strong. I am healthy. I am in shape. I weigh what I'm supposed to weigh. I am full of energy. I am passionate. I am talented. I am secure. I am valuable. I am confident. I have a good personality. People like me. I am fun to be around. I am happy. I enjoy my life. I am a person of excellence. I am full of integrity. I am successful. I am prosperous. My future is bright. My children are mighty in the land. My legacy will live on to inspire future generations. I run with purpose in every step. I am blessed. I am victorious. I am a child of the Most High God. If you keep speaking things like that over your life, those words will get down on the inside of you. They'll not only change your outlook, but they will change who you are. Your words will become your reality. You are prophesying your future. Over time, those words will become a part of your everyday vocabulary. It'll be no big deal for you to go around saying, I'm blessed, I'm healthy, I have the favor of God. Instead of being trapped by your words, you'll be propelled by your words. James said here in the scripture, just as a tiny rudder controls a large ship, so the tongue sets the direction for our life. Are you going in the right direction? Are you seeing increase, favor, new growth? If not, check up on what you're saying. When you get your words going in the right direction, your life will go in the right direction. Make this decision with me. No more words of lack, defeat, can't do it, mediocrity, doubt. Don't curse your future. Bless your future. If you'll start prophesying victory, prophesying favor, I believe and declare you're going to rise higher, overcome every obstacle, and become everything God's created you to be. In Jesus' name. If you receive it, can you say amen today? We never like to close our broadcast without giving you an opportunity to make Jesus the Lord of your life. Would you pray with me? Just say, Lord Jesus, I repent of my sins. Come into my heart. I make you my Lord and Savior. Friends, if you prayed that simple prayer, we believe you got born again. Get in a good Bible-based church. Keep God first place. He's going to take you where you've never dreamed. Start each day off right by having Joel lead you in declaring the truth of who you are in Christ. Through this powerful 31-day audio devotional, Discover Your Destiny. God makes things happen that you couldn't make happen. Available this month on audio CD or digital download. Each day includes an inspiring short message that you can listen to in your car, at home, or on the go. 
Request your copy of Discover Your Destiny at JoelLuthine.com or call us toll-free. Let's start your day with inspirational messages from Joel and Victoria Osteen. Turn it up now and receive daily devotionals emailed directly to your inbox. Whether you're home, at the office, or on the go, make today's word with Joel and Victoria part of your day. You'll be encouraged, challenged, and energized to grow in your relationship with God every morning. Visit joelosteen.com slash sign up and register for your free daily devotionals from Joel and Victoria today. Your partnership makes this ministry possible. Your faithful and consistent monthly support makes you a champion of hope. The vision of Joel Osteen Ministries is to use every avenue available to present the hope of Jesus Christ to people everywhere. Visit joelosteen.com slash today. TVN has impacted my life as I've watched in, in some nights being sat at home just listening to the variety of preachers that uh, preach the word. And it just so happens the night that I've tuned in that God has spoken a word into my life. And that is more precious than money cannot buy what God can do through this network, what God has done in my life through this network. I, I remember one night of a, a well-known worship leader. I, I came in from a meeting and I turned on TBN and this worship leader, he was telling a story of how God impacted his life in a mighty way. And he wrote a song that literally has been sung across the nations of the world. But in that moment, the Holy Spirit filled that room and I began to weep because you never know what God is doing if you just obey Him and follow His leading. So I thank God for TBN. May God increase it. May God bless it to the ends of the earth. For over 40 years, TBN has brought the life-changing message of Jesus Christ by television to the lost and dying. Our monthly newsletter is instrumental in telling the stories of lives changed by your TBN. Whether it's new programs or stories of people who've been touched by TBN, the monthly newsletter is the best way to get up-to-date information from Matt and Lori to you. Go to TBN.org today and sign up for our monthly newsletter. Not only will you be informed, you'll be inspired and blessed by what you read. Hello, everybody. I'm Kenneth Copeland. You really need to be a partner with TBN. This is a time to preach the gospel like none other. And it's time for the people to know that Jesus is open. Here are two ways you can support TBN. First, create a living legacy by giving a percentage of your estate or a dollar amount to TBN through our estate planning program. Second, if you're 65 years of age or older, you can earn higher interest on your investments as part of TBN's Lifetime Charitable Gift Annuity Program. For more information on estate planning or charitable gift annuities, contact TBN's Living Legacy Department online. You're watching TBN, celebrating 44 years of God's miracles. The following paid program is sponsored by the friends and partners of Joseph Prince Ministries. Today with Joseph Prince. The great people's 
according to the grace message, do you believe the grace message? There's no grace message that you need. Grace is the gospel. God is restoring the gospel all over the world. When you have time, between exercise and, and the word, go for the word. It is life to those who find it. She's still in there. Honestly, she's not coming out. Yes, you don't treat her like she just to. Gorgeous Coleman, welcome to the Potter's Touch. There is so much busyness in our life that sometimes we forget to slow down and focus on ourselves and our family. My father preached a powerful message at the International Pastors and Leadership Conference. It's called Don't Break the Bank. What? <laughs> My wild, crazy, spontaneous, do stuff that I can't leave, go places, just run, go till, flirt, dance. My girl. My girl. You know what I'm saying? My girl. Yes, sir. <laughs> Who you think with? My girl. Where are we going now? Yeah. And then life pushes her to life. Work, bills, kids, school meetings, homework. Got to get to Walmart before nine. Got to get up early. Got to get the cookies over. Got to have this. Got to do that. And gradually, where is she? Where does she go? I ain't looking for you. I'm looking for her. I'm looking for her, even if I find it in... I'm not blaming anybody because on one hand you can make a strong argument that as a man I need to grow up and evolve with you. That's a good argument to make. But on the other hand, I can make the other argument is I promised, I promised, I promised my girlfriend and I ended up with you. Who are you? Most men end up cheating with who you used to be. (laughs) So the more voice you throw at him, you're pushing him further away. Because you're throwing wife and she's throwing girlfriend. You, you're going to mad at you, and I have no idea what happened. And she said, 
If I was a woman, <laughs> now be fair, be fair. Which atmosphere would you run to? Church hmm. doesn't talk about stuff like this. <laughs> we just wait till the whole house blows open and then it's in the paper and then it's a scandal and you know what we say? We're getting seedy. All of these intercessions. All of these intercessions. Get her to open. 
where she has closed. I told you I was sorry. A hundred and seventy-two times. And it's still closed. And though you have a justifiable reason to be closed, you're closed, there's no response. And your no response is pushing me gradually further away. And I don't even remember from what great height I have fallen away from you. So now when I go around people, yeah, that's my wife over there. There she is. Dressed up too. She's sharp, she's clean, she's pretty. She dressed up. I feed her. I feed her. Her. It's her. Her. No real name. There she is. Here she comes. Kids, watch this. I'm going for the kill. Can you handle it? Your mama coming. Your mama coming. Your mama be here in a minute. Your mama. Your mama used to be my lover. But now, she is mama. She is mama. So what happens with most men, they see the woman and the kids as one universe. And they are over here on another planet. They see them as one package, which this is what it does to the kids. You don't see me, Daddy. You don't see me as an individual. It's your mom and them. And what happens is, whatever goes on in the house, especially little kids, they take the mama's side. Okay. So a man sees the kids and the woman as your mama knew. Your them. Her and them. Her and them. Her and them. Because she's crazy about them kids. She's crazy about them kids. She's crazy about them grandbabies. When they come in the house, she lights up. Oh, come on, come on, come on, When I come in the house, she keeps reading. So, I married the church, but you married the kids. 
And you'll get to me when you get to me. Because the kids need you. So we're still together. But we separate. Because you're in love with them kids. And I'm in love with this church. We gradually fall out of love with each other. And we don't even remember when it happened. You got two of them? I got mine. God telling you it's time to leave the nest and soar? There is something in you that God is catching by the circumstances around for your gift to the ministry of any kind, you will receive Bishop Jake's message, Catching Greatness, on CD, as well as our fresh vision for 2018 calendar. <laughs>
And whatever's wrong with her and whatever's wrong with him, God gave me to you and you to me so we could be healed in each other's arms. And if it's not flowing, it's because somebody closed. The hardest thing to get a man to do is go home. I don't think physically, I mean mentally and emotionally, to come home. Don't worry about you being physically there. There is a place called there that is hard for a man to get to. Where you are there with your heart and your emotions and your attention and not just use it home as a base to run your company. Yeah. And it's hard because we go to public response. And the rest of it, we feed it. Especially when it has not been modeled in front of you. I couldn't figure out for the life of me why Jesus was healing people. Jesus was healing people. This is bad, but I did for publicity. Because I mean, he didn't heal all of them. He healed us and created a bus. But what really blew that theory out of my head is sometimes you hear people say, don't tell nobody. Don't tell nobody. I say, don't tell nobody. That's why you hear them so they can tell you. <laughs> and then I thought, well, he's healing them to build up a following. He's going to heal people because if you heal somebody, this is true. If you heal somebody where they are broken, they will be loyal. You want loyalty? Kill me. I'll never forget you. But you heal me. But many of the times when Jesus would heal people, instead of building up his congregation, the real sad of the healing was go home. Do you know the storms I had to go through? And 
get to you. The devil tried to kill me. He tried to drown me in the sea, trying to get to you. I rebuked my own storms and laid flat my own ways to get to you. It cost me everything to get to you. And then I healed you, cast the devils out of you, and in spite of all the expense it cost me and all the things you've been through, when Legion, the man we call Legion, got ready to follow Jesus, Jesus told him, go home. If I don't explain this and I say go home, you're going to mean, you're going to think I mean catch a flight. Get on the bus, load up the car, and go back to your house. That's not what I'm talking about. I'm trying to tell every woman in this room, stop being angry. Stop being bitter. It is what it is. Love him like you love your kids. You love them, though you know stuff about them. And whatever they did wrong, you'll find a way to love them back again. That same merciful mama love you give them kids, can I have some too? I know I'm a screw up, and I know I messed up, and I know I hurt you, and I know I do crazy stuff, and I know I'm not there, and I know I disappoint you in all kinds of ways, but so did they, and you cry when you see them come. Could you love me like that, too? I want my girlfriend back. I want to hear you laughing in the car and your hair blowing in the wind. I want to feel the hot breath of your nostrils on my back. (laughs) I want somebody... All of them love the bishop. But I need somebody to love the man. Sisters, if you have a husband, go home. Bring your girlfriend with you. So lots of other friends you're on the phone with, gossiping with. I'm not talking about them. That's what's wrong now. 
leave them single girls alone. I want you to bring the girl I dated back into my life, back into my heart, and back into my bed. And brothers, stop faking the fun. If you're going to be there, be there.
feel free to reach out to us on social media and share your story of how God is impacting your life. We look forward to seeing you next time on the podcast.
Stingray Music Mobile app.
don't look like when I'm in the room. No, you said it to the wrong person. Grab the person behind you. Say, I don't know. When I'm in the room.
can gain knowledge, more knowledge and wisdom and understanding of who you are and how great our God is. Father God, we ask you to cover and keep us and protect us throughout this day. We pray, Lord God, that even as we leave our homes to go around to our jobs or to various destinations, Lord God, that you will give us traveling grace and mercy, Lord God, that we will make it there without any mechanical malfunctions or any incidents or accidents, Lord God. Father God, we cover, we thank you, Lord God, for just covering our families and keeping them. Lord God, watch over them even, Lord God, while they're going around here doing what they desire to do, Lord God. Let them develop a love for you, Lord God, a zeal to seek your face and your will and your way. Lord God, we ask you to come against the attack of the enemy, Lord God. Anything that the enemy has plotted and planned for us, Lord God, we ask you to cut it down so it would not prosper, Lord God. For your word says, teaches us, Lord God, that um, no weapon, weapons are formed against us shall prosper, Lord God, and we trust and we want to thank you and believe in, in your word, Lord God. Father God, continue to bless and keep the love of us. We even pray for those who are lost, Lord God, those who are sinner man who have not, not saved, Lord God, that they would turn their lives over to you, that they will call upon the name of Jesus, Lord God, because I'm even, I believe that even those who who are considered themselves as atheists, Lord God. And sometime or another, they call our Lord, have mercy upon me. Lord God, save us where we are. Come and keep us and protect us. This is my prayer. In Jesus' name I pray. Amen. Amen, amen, amen. All right, anybody else want to get a prayer on this morning before I do the reading? Anybody else want to get a prayer in before I do the reading going once? Going twice? Going three times. All righty then. Well, let me go get the book. Let me go get the book, the book, the book. Hello. 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 I'll be you. I'll be you. I said, did you do the reading? I'm about to do the reading now. Oh. I forgot about the new schedule. Hmm? I forgot about the new schedule. Oh. Yep. It's all good. Let me hear it. Can y'all hear me good or should I switch phones? No, it's quite clear. Okay. Cool. All right. Now, let's see if I can find the book. I got all this crap up on the table. Haven't been in this book in about a month or so. And there she is over there. All righty, Father God, where are we starting?
We're going to start with the gifts in the church. Thus far in this study on the gifts of the Holy Spirit, we've dealt with the doctrine of the gifts. We define each gift in simple terms and discuss how each works. Now we come to one of the most exciting portions of the entire study, the gifts of the Spirit as they operated in the early church. The Lord Jesus Christ said to his disciples, Nevertheless, I tell you the truth, it is expedient for you that I go away. For I go not away, the Comforter will not come unto you. But if I depart, I will send him unto you. How be it, when he, the Spirit of truth, has come, he will guide you into all truth. For he shall not speak of himself, but whatsoever he shall hear, that shall he speak, and he will show you things to come. He shall glorify me, for he shall receive of mine, and shall show it unto you. All things that the Father hath have mine. Therefore said I, that he should take of mine and will show it unto you. That's John 16, 7 and 13 through 15. Um, I'm going to get a little personal right here. He says, nevertheless, I tell you the truth. It is expedient for you that I go away. If I go not away, the comforter will not come unto you. But if I depart, I will send him unto you. Howbeit, when he, the spirit of truth, has come, he will guide you into all truth. All truth. And that's something that I'm finding more so than ever before of relying on that that right there. When I say often that you have wisdom available to you, why don't you tap into it? Anything that you're in front of, don't pull away. Search for the truth. Search for the answer. Search for the way. You know, um, right now we, we're embarking on some different things. Right now I'm getting ready to do some things. And everything that I, I, I'm doing, okay, Lord, how to do this? It's a learning curve. Stop. Seek the Holy Spirit. Ask for direction. But trust him to show me the way, the path. Whether that be from him directly telling me, him sending me reading information, him sending me people, I don't know how he's going to maneuver or how he's going to do what he's going to do, but I'm trusting him to show me the path, to show me the way. And, again, take advantage of your advantages. This is something each and every one of us have. It's the Holy Spirit. I mean, when you are obeyed, then he'll come and he'll pride and he'll, and he'll walk. But when you start getting older and mature, he has expectations of you. You know, you have not because you ask not. So he's sitting there saying, well, you know, if you want to use me, I'm here. But now you're going to have to do it the way that he wants, that, that he's going to show you to be done. Or you can go ahead and rely on your own self. You can rely on the way of the world, your own wisdom, your own knowledge. And I'm not saying none of that's bad. If that's what works for you, it's fine. But I'm saying that no matter who you are, if you are a child of God, you have something that is available to you that will definitely give you what you need. He will give you the path, the way, the strength. He'll give you all that you need because that's his job. Right there says he will guide you into all truth, not just a little bit or as I-45 says, his form of truth or alternative facts or whatever, but he will guide you into all truth. This was magnificently demonstrated in the Old Testament when Abraham, a type of a heavenly father, desired a bride for his only son, Isaac. Abraham sent Eliezer, the chief steward of his house, 
a type of the Holy Spirit into a far land to get a bride for Isaac. When Rebekah, the bride, was brought back to Eliezer, she was de- decorated with gifts. As in the New Testament church, the bride of Christ, we have been presented with gifts by the Holy Spirit. We must exercise these gifts to the very fullest. In Acts 1 and 6, the Lord Jesus said, Ye shall receive power. After that, the Holy Ghost has come upon you. Power has to do with two elements, authority and energy. We sometimes see power only as energy, but this is not fully true. Power is also authority. When God spoke the world into existence, he did not use energy. He used authority, the authority of his word. He spoke and worlds came into being, Hebrews 11 and 3. By the significance of a spoken word, we too can speak things into existence. That is power. This source of this power is the Holy Spirit, and you receive that power when the Holy Spirit comes to rest upon you. Mm. Now, just earlier today, I was listening to Joe Lowstein, and I wasn't paying full attention, but when he started talking about how he held his tongue and he did not speak those things that was running through his mind, I don't know exactly what it was he was dealing with, but he said he did not want to utter the negativity that was running through his mind. And because he did that, that sooner or later those those thoughts just dissipated. See, that's very key in recognizing the power that your tongue has. All of us are going to be faced with, with, with things, negativity, life. That's what I talked about even on Sunday. And when we're faced with this, we have to learn we cannot begin to speak. Sometimes you can't speak what's really going on. And, and let's go into truth. Let's get, let's get spiritual now. That is truth. You have, you have negative things going on. You have negative doctor bills. I mean, negative doctor reports. You got bills. You got children going astray. You got all these things, and this is truth. But what's the bigger form of truth? What's that? Are you going to rely on God's word as your, as your final authority? Come on now. Come on now. See, that's the deeper form of truth. Now, if you get caught up in what's in front of you, which is true, I'm lacking money, I don't have time, my job going crazy, my family's going, all that is true, but what did God say in his word? Now, if you use that as your final authority, then you, become, you speak that truth over the truth in front of you. Let me say it like this. You speak the word of God, which is a supernatural truth, over the things of the world that's happening to you, which is a natural truth, and you let the supernatural truth be the final authority. See, that's when things begin to transform. But see, that's getting back to what I talked to before. What's your stance going to be? Is your stance going to be one where your head is bowed and you beat and you just cow down and to whatever comes? Or is your stance going to be, you know what, God, I'll bow my head to you, but everything else I'm going to raise it up in defiance and say, you will not because I am the final story because I'm going to confess over my life, over my situation and circumstance, that which God has decreed me to be, that which God has decreed for my life to be. See, that's what I'm choosing as my truth. See, that's called a choice. That's called a decision. But you can only see that when you allow God to reveal it to you, when you become peaceful, when you become quiet, when you become and learn how to respond rather than reacting. See, that, that, that'll come to you. 
But you got, but it also comes to you as you have to feed your spirit. That that that's one of the most key things. You have to constantly feed your spirit. You have to constantly give your spirit that which is needed. Now, what do you mean by feeding your spirit? Feeding your spirit, the things, of, the diet that your mentor, the Holy Spirit, tells you need to eat. Come on now. Mm. Arthur, what's your spiritual diet? What things do, does the Holy Spirit give you that are key for you to have a spiritual strength? What, what's your spiritual diet? Reading his word and praying and seeking his face and being on this call every morning, uh, being, making Bible study a priority, not just uh, with myself, but assembling myself with some of those who are basically who, who, who's been appointed to oversee that. Mm. That's my spiritual diet. When I wake up in the morning, that's the first thing I do is me. I fall and I seek his presence. I seek his face. I can't make it without it. Mm. Then I get into my reading. Then I'm on to another prayer call. Then I'm on this prayer call. So that's is I just constantly praying, even when I get through eating. Even if I take medication, I'm kneeling down and I'm praying and ask the Lord to bless it. If I eat my food, mm. I'm praying. Everything, prayer, 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 prayer. That's my spiritual diet. Mm. 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 Lisa, what's your spiritual diet? You there? Okay, somebody else. What's your spiritual diet? What what specific things has God given you to do to feed your spirit to give you the strength to persevere? Anybody? Okay, so then if I'm hearing nothing, then I'm hearing that we don't we're not eating something. That's why we're weak. That that's what I'm hearing. Because see, Arthur's gonna have a diet which is gonna be catered to him. I'm gonna have a diet which is catered to me. Dre is gonna have a diet which is catered to him. Each of us need to have something that will be specifically for us. That's gonna be God given to us, and that's the purpose of having your mentor. But now, if you're not going to him and listening to him, and I'm very honest with you, he begins to show you things before you even begin to ask. That's more likely how it normally works. So then it's up to you to begin to apply it. He'll begin to, okay, do this. And, and a lot of times, why am I reading my Bible? Why am I doing this? But then like what, what Arthur said, a priority, he makes it a priority to read his Bible. He makes it a priority to, to do this, to do that. So, in other words, it's important that I do these things of a spiritual nature before I do these other things. See, that's how you find yourself getting spiritual strength. <clears throat> By the significance of a spoken word, we too can speak things into existence. That is power. The source of this power is the Holy Spirit, and you receive that power when the Holy Spirit comes to rest upon you. In Matthew's Gospel, chapter 16, the Lord Jesus was talking with his disciples. The first buzz of the church, great church to be born on the day of Pentecost. In verse 15, Jesus asked, Whom say ye that I am? Simon Peter answered and said, Thou art Christ, the Son of the living God. Then Jesus said to Peter, Blessed art thou, Simon by Jonah, for flesh and blood have not revealed it unto thee, but my Father which is in heaven. 
Thou art Peter, and upon this rock I will build my church, and the gates of hell shall not prevail against it. That's verses 17 and 18. If we are going to win a tremendous battle, we must have weapons and armor. The gifts of the Holy Spirit are the weapons of our warfare, which the gates of hell cannot prevail against. We can break down nations through the gifts of the Holy Spirit. As we previously stated, the ministry of the Lord Jesus Christ was the embodiment of this gift. The Father's ministry did not stem from the fact that he was the Son of God. It was because the Holy Spirit rested upon him. And what do we read that we find Jesus often doing? Pulling away the wilderness or the gardens, pulling away from things and from people to get in contact with his daddy God. Because it says that he went to the garden as was his custom. As his custom. Like I said, Jesus was the only, way that, only one that went into the wilderness to get away from us. We we try to get him out of the wilderness because it's, it's it's a hard place to be. He went into the wilderness to get away from us. I guess he said being around us was a hard place to be. <laughs> Again, I quote Jesus' words in John 14 and 12. He that believe in me, the works that I should do, he shall also, and greater works than these shall he do. Because I go unto my Father... Jesus could not have spoken these words in sincerity had such gifts not have been available to you and me. We draw power from the same source as the Lord Jesus, the Holy Spirit of God. We can have the same source of strength he had. We can deliver to the people the same kind of authority and blessing he did. Jesus said that even the gates of hell, the greatest force the devil has, cannot hold up against the power of the church. We can take the weapons of our warfare and give the devil good beating with them. But let me say this. The gates of hell cannot prevail against the gifts of God, but you know why it does? Because we stop. Because we don't believe it. Because we don't act upon it. Because we hear it and it sounds good, but what in reality are we doing about it? Okay. The gates of hell. Okay, let, 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 me, let me make this lamest term. Sickness in your body, lack of finances in your pocket, brokenness in your home, confusion on your job. Oh, did any of those touch anybody there? Oh, yes, okay. yes, 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 yes. Especially that last one. <laughs> Confusion on the job? No, oh, in the name of Jesus, I bind it up. So why are these things, now I'm, I'm going to say it like this, why are these things not just presenting themselves, but why are they dominating us? Because we just read that the gates of hell should not prevail against us, but those things represent things of the kingdom of Satan, chaos, confusion, animosity, hatred, strife, black, sin. Those are things of the enemy. But if we're truly the children of God with the power available to us, why, uh, why is that reigning over us rather than us reigning over them? See, this is the reality of the rubber meeting in the road. 
Okay, okay. See, see, y'all still ain't got me. Okay, all we do is we complain about our job because there's so much this, that, and the other. Why don't when you walk through the door, you bring a sense of peace and power on your job and make the situation turn around? Well, that ain't realistic. Why is it? That's what we put all our time and focus on. Focus on what? That's why those things are so prevalent for us, because they surround us, but we also focus on it. Oh, oh. You talking about the negativity? Mm-hmm. And, and we talk about what's going on? Right. We thrive on negativity. We know we, we can't say we thrive on it because we detect it, and we don't like it. It gets on our nerves, but we do what? We do thrive on it because that's where we pay the attention. That's what we give mm-hmm. our voice to. Mm-hmm. That's where we give our voice to it, our attention to it. We put time on it. That, that, mm-hmm. It is. That's what we thrive on. Mm-hmm. We are more yeah. apt to talk about the negative things that have happened in someone, if not our own, someone else's life, more so than the positive things. Mm-hmm. Anything that consumes us, we, we, we do. Anything that consumes us that lets you know that you put more attention to it than you are on, on your God. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Now, now, since since y'all want to talk about it like that, let me let me let me take it even a little deeper. Let's look at the prince of the power of the air and the systems that he has in place. Called the news system. What the, what do they do? They promote negative agendas, which feed us to focus and talk about all the negativity. I'm not trying to say reporting things is not a good thing, but even if, even what, what's the word that they use when they, the, 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 the sensationalism. And so if we don't understand that when we're, we're truly on a consistent basis, like you said, focusing on the negative, talking about the negative, we don't recognize that as we're doing that, that we are feeding the negative. Sure is. I agree. So when the negative, and I see this is how we begin to take rain. And we don't have to get all, we don't have to get negative about the negative. In other words, what I mean by that, when somebody brings, don't be bringing that confusion up to me. See, that, that's getting negative about the negative. But then you can begin, when something comes to you, you can just begin to say, well, praise God, or well, let me pray about it, or Holy Spirit, what you, you start doing that, and you start doing that on a consistent basis. Darkness don't want to start coming your way because they don't want to deal with the light. When you start start opening your mouth and speaking, and I, and I spoke about this on Sunday. I said that life is going to bring you problems. But as a leader, when you get to the point, you begin to turn, you begin to look at the problems and start to find the opportunities. How do you become a leader? So when life brings you these negative things and these situations, circumstances, and you begin to, again, what do we just talk about? All truth, you begin to say, Lord, what can be done about this? Lord, is there anything that I can do? Lord, do I just need to pray about this? You begin to see all truth again. That's what I'm talking about, that all truth thing. He'll begin to reveal to you what you need to do both naturally and spiritually. Right. That's if you avail yourself to him. 
But if we just stay in that place where we're confessing and talking about all the craziness and, and that happened and what she did, and girl, you know what they did, and man, then, well, all you're doing again is just letting the devil have power of you because you're not. See, again, the only way that you can defeat him is with the spiritual weapons that we have, which is that which God gave us to work with. Other than that, we're working on his territory. But I think that's, that's the key thing, because do we really know that Satan is spiritual? Can you say that again? Do we believe or know or understand that Satan is spiritual? Mm. 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 Good question. Because different people will see and view him differently. Well, I'm going to say it like this. I think when we speak, when you say spirituality or spirit, more often than not you think of God and you think of good spirit. So when you think of Satan and, and things of the negative, you believe that if you don't understand what spirit is and understand that there's good and evil, then you're not going to understand that Satan is also a spirit, and you're going to continue to fight with a fleshly mentality. You said come to understand that Christ was? You see, people will will fight in the flesh. Mm. Because, see, most of the things that manifest from Satan manifest in the flesh or materialistically. So that's how we view things, and that's how we uh, fight. Mm, mm. <clears throat> and that's funny that you say that because we look at, like you said, our material things. And that's what we're fighting for. But in reality, Satan uses those material things to steal our joy, to steal our peace, to steal our destiny, to steal our anointing. So those things that we, we're fighting for is not truly what he's attacking. Right. Hmm. See, the result of it is a, is a material result, materialistic result. And so that's how we, you know, if it manifests in the flesh or in, you know, materialistic or tangible things, that's how we try to fight. We try to, we attempt to retaliate in the same way it has been manifested in our lives, not understanding that the core of it is a, a derogatory, evil, um, you know, Spiritual thing. So, so then material things can be a measure. I'm not gonna say the measure of what's going on in the spiritual arena, but but we don't need to be. That doesn't need to be like our total our total thing that we weigh and engage things on. Correct. 
It is a measure, and more often than not, that's the, the that measure is the one that we focus on because mm-hmm. that's what we can see and feel. Mm-hmm. And that's what other people can see and feel and measure us by as well. Mm-hmm. 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 So, true that. True that. You speak some good stuff, girl. Well, I'm like, whatever. My bad. You can continue. I'm sorry. Hmm? I said, my bad. You can continue. I'm sorry. I couldn't get to the book. I had to wait. Okay. So we're going to win a tremendous battle. We must have weapons and armor. The gifts of the Holy Spirit are the weapons of our warfare, which the gates of hell cannot prevail against. We can break down nations through the gifts of the Holy Spirit. As previously stated, the ministry of the Lord Jesus Christ was the embodiment of these gifts. The power of his ministry did not stem from the fact that he was the Son of God. It was because the Holy Spirit rested upon him. Again, I quote Jesus' words in John 14 and 12. He that believes in me, the works that I do, shall he do also, and greater works than any shall he do, because I go unto my Father. Jesus could not have spoken these words in sincerity had such gifts not been made available to you. We draw our power from the same source as the Lord Jesus, the Holy Spirit of God. We can have the same source of strength he had. We can deliver the people the same kind of authority and healing and blessings he did. Jesus said that even the gates of hell, the greatest force the devil has, cannot hold up against the power of the church. We can take the weapons of our warfare and give the devil a good beating with them. The Acts of the Apostle records the actual history of the infant Christian church. It presents the early church as it progressed from one generation his first 33 years. If you have any question concerning the early church, the first thing you should do is read the Acts of the Apostles. God may have put the answer to your question within those pages. The New Testament church began with only 11 disciples of the original 12, and one was Judas Iscariot. By the day of Pentecost, there were 120. From that moment, there began the greatest spiritual upheaval ever recorded by man. History has never known a period of time like those years following the day of Pentecost. Of the early church, Christian church, it was written, these that have turned the world upside down are come hither also. If any people who have gained that kind of publicity and notoriety deserve to be studied as men. Mm. How did they do it? Did they start a Bible school? Did they get a good advertising scheme? Did they hire a good public relations man? We can see how people are trying to do it today. Let's see how they did it then how the gospel grew from an infant on the day of Pentecost to a church that encompasses the world in only one generation. Now, one generation normally encompasses about 40 years. So in about 40 years, it went from 11 people to nations being led by the Spirit of God. And what he's saying now is we're so focused on 
and not not to get me wrong, the social social medias and and all the different advertising the schemes and the market and all of that and the other. But again, what is the basis? It needs to be the Holy Spirit. That needs to be the basis for everything. That needs to be your foundation, your source, your guide. Like Arthur said, you know, you know, he prayer, prayer, prayer. It, it seems a bit outweighed, and it seems a bit, you know, man, that's a lot of prayer. But what happens is, as you continually do it, and it becomes a way of life, then you don't even recognize it. what you recognize. The fact is, when you don't do it, when you're doing it. And it becomes a way of life because you're finding that again. What else is the source of all truth? Well, what happens is you find that if you need an answer, you talk to God about it. You get tired, you need some strength, you talk to God about it. You're hungry, ain't got nothing to eat, you talk to God about it. And you find and you find that you begin to get help, strength, God. So you find that you're getting what you need from God as you're spending time with him, and you don't really recognize that it becomes a way of life. It's just something that is just like breathing. You don't really recognize that you're breathing until you have trouble breathing or you got your face under the water. That's when you recognize how, how often you breathe. But other than that, do you really count the number of breaths you take a day? No, you don't. And that's really how God wants. And if we can get the understanding of changing the word from prayer to communication, then maybe that might help you understand that basically what he's saying, just communicate with me throughout the day. If you communicate with me throughout the day about everything that's going on, you find that you'll be much more efficient. You have the power and authority to do with me because I'm not going to lead you into something that is going to be hurting to you. Now, you might go through some things, but if it is from me, it's for your good and for my glory. I just keep reading about that. I got one better. If you just talk to them. And no, I, just, I, I just use the simplicity of the word talk mm-hmm. is because we talk all day, every day. Oh, wait, wait, wait. Did you say talk to him or talk at him? Ooh. Well... But what had happened was, because <laughs> look, we talk at him all the time. Now, you know what? And that's a good thing that I said. You know what? I want each and every one of us to think about. We have all had some conversations where people come and they just run in their mouth and this, that, and other. And we, they're talking at us. Do we really pay them attention? And when, they, and when they run in their mouth all the time, they just be like, sound and simple that the Bible talks about. Mm-hmm. 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 There's a difference in, 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 in saying something that is meaningful, and then it might mean something to them, mm-hmm. but then mm-hmm. it makes sense to the ones to whom you're talking to. Mm-hmm. You know, and, and I don't think that, you know, even talking to God... We find ourselves praying when we don't even know that we are praying. 
who changed the lives of man, Acts 17, 23-31. The infant church emerged to convert the unitary, that un, untutored barbarians living in a primitive, primitive hut and held in the clutches of the awful forces of witchcraft. To him, the church said, we will change you, transform, make you a person you've never been before. The infant church has turned the world upside down. They were world changers, but they did not change the world through intellectualism or by military might. They changed the world with the gifts of the Holy Ghost. The early church knew what a battle it was. It knew the issues of the battle and used only the weapons that would bring victory, the gifts of the Spirit. I'm going to leave it there. So the way that we can change our world is through the gifts of the Spirit. But what we need to focus on, let's start where we're at. Let's start with our families. Let's start with our homes. Changing your environment, your jobs. You know, if everybody could do that, your blocks, your community, just one one at a time, that's how you change the world. And, and, and it becomes not that I'm trying to change the world. Because I know a lot of we're not out to change the world, but I know a lot of us want our home environment different. Our work environment, our family environment different. Or better. So why, why not do this? Why not as a test? Okay, Holy Spirit, let's try this out. You said you're going to show me all truth. I, I need, in your conversation with God, Okay, guy, you know, I was hearing this dude on the, on that call this morning, and, you know, I'm going to just try you out because I know he's kind of crazy, but I'm going to see because you, you're interested your Bible. If your Bible really is true because I think it's just a book of good stuff and stories. But if you if you just want, if you realize, I, I want, what, what what can I do about this, see? My, my mama getting on my nerves. What can I do about it? Now, I'm going to tell you, when the Bible, first thing the Bible tells you is to hold your own mouth. <laughs> Because, see, we often want them to do something about the other person, but when a, when he starts telling you what you need to do about yourself, then that's when it becomes an issue. Yeah, well, I'm done with the reading. Ooh, it was 8 o'clock. Well, not yet. You got three minutes till. All righty. There was good reading. There was good reading. Amen. Praise him. Yes, yes, yes. Uh, anybody got anything? I care what I do. I take prayer requests from people who want before they go to work, and then I do the list. How about that? So, gonna pray for me. I think you better get out of it, then. All right. That's cold. And you can get me after you get Arthur. Ah, it's cold. Okay. Ah. 
Pray for Brother Arthur Richardson. Hmm. Hmm. I hear the word that's a mandate to you to take over your job. That That's a mandate. In other words, that's an order. That you have to take over your job, your job environment. That's why it's such of an, an attack. Because <laughs> Job slash Arthur, uh, God put you out on front of the street. Said, Arthur going to take over that job. The devil said, no, he ain't. And so now you wonder why you're getting attacked so much. So now, if the God, if God has said that you're gonna, you're gonna take over your job, and, I, and understand me when I'm saying take over your job, I believe that you do. But just in case anybody doesn't understand, that means you're gonna bring the presence of God to such a degree that it's gonna change that environment. That's what I mean by taking over your job. I mean you ain't coming in there with guns, and you ain't coming there. This is how it's gonna be, and I'm telling no, 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 no. What the all truth that we just talked about. You're going to have to get in connection with the Spirit of God so he can begin to show you what you need to do spiritually as well as naturally. How you're going to have to begin to intercede on behalf of some people. How you're going to have to begin to go around anointing things in people, buildings, etc. How you're going to have to, those who are going to come in front of you and cuss you out, that you're going to, you're going to say God bless you anyway and show them love. And how all those things that the enemy is going to throw at you, but you're going to combat it with the spirit, the word, and the anointing of God, and it's going to break down the walls, and those walls are going to fall. That's how you're going to take over that job. And they're going to fall. You know why? Because you're going to stand. Because God says it's a mandate. In other words, that's an honor, soldier. <laughs> it's not something you you have a wish and no, that's an order, soldier. So now you go and exactly what I said, you get in contact with your God so he can begin to give you your specific directions so that you can begin to do that which he's called you to do so that his glory can increase. And that's my prayer for you. Like, that, was, that was that was that was that's work. <laughs> <laughs> oh, yeah. Any any anything, soldier? Before I move on. Okay, I take that as a no. And now I'm going to pray for Reese. I mean, I got to pray for them 99 people she be having me pray for. 
Business institutions. Business institutions. Um, Tony, Rombos, Kiridicum, Boskiridico, Sandras, Critical Session, Discritical, Brandical Session, Boskiridical, Draskritical Session, Discritical, Rock and Dark, for Boskiridical Session, Discritical, Boskiridical Session, Gostandaka, for Rombondical Session, Daddy dear, such Sadaka, 
just be patient, wait, and trust God. If you would do that, that's your recipe. We were talking about spiritual diets. That's your recipe. Be patient, wait, and trust God. If you do that, there's nothing the enemy can do with you. There's nothing the enemy can do with you. Because he's already there. He's going to come. He's going to try. But you just wait, be patient, trust God. That's your that's your recipe. That's your formula. Because, and that's why he tries to get you into Erica so often more than Aresia. Because when we get Erica on the scene, <laughs> that waiting patient, then automatically that's out the door. Because <laughs> the first thing I'm going to do, I'm going to show you that, I'm going to tell you. But when Arisha shows up, then he gets, then the devil gets to cuss you off. See, when, when Erica's on the thing, Erica gets to cuss, and when Arisha shows up, the devil gets to cuss Because <laughs> I, I can't, because now she's allowing the anointing, the power, and authority that's available to her to begin to manifest and to move, and I can't do nothing about it. Did he get to kicking bricks? Continue to stand the gap with your family, your loved ones, and your six degrees of separation. Continue to walk in authority in those places and positions that he's called and place you in to do such. And you, too, take over your job, your business, your churches. Yeah, I said all of that. Those positions, he didn't just call you to be placed there. He called you to take dominion over them. You do that. You seek him out and let him begin to navigate and to manifest in the ways and the manner that he is deemed for it to happen. In Jesus' name I pray, amen. Amen. All right. Well, okay, if nobody else wants prayer, then I will do the list. Well, give me a minute. I'm going to try to listen to some music where I can find a list and all that stuff. I'll be happy, George. Or... Thank you. 
All right, well, I can't find a list, so I'm just have to make shift. Uh, I will start with the um, Sick and Sharing. Roshkila Gomboskila Goseshila Goseshila Gosandranda Goseshila Gomboskila Kandaka. Roshkila Goseshila 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 Gosandraskila Gosandraska. Roshkila Goseshandaka Sakara. And say, who's going to say she will 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 Walking around the supernatural, push to go say she 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 to go Prisoners and missionaries, push to go Congregation churches. Rumbo <laughs> Christian hostels, Christian and families, congregation churches, prison and missionary, unsaved, sick and shut in. Knowledge, wisdom, and understanding. Who's going to go say she 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 to go to go say she to go say she to go say she to go Saka, <laughs> Financial breakdowns and turnarounds, push to negotiation, 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 push to negotiation, 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 push to negotiation, negotiation, Grace, mercy, and favor. Who's going to go say she to go say she to go say she to saga? Who's going to go say she to go say she to saga? Who's going to go say she to go say she to saga? 
Grace, mercy, and favor, peace, back, all the standard, knowledge, all the standard, grace, mercy, favor, all the supernatural. Supernatural, superhuman strength. Push, go, go, push, go, go, push, go, go, push, go, go, push, go, push, go, push, go, push, push, go, push, go, push, push, go, 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 push, Peace to pass is all understanding. Push it to go switch it to go switch it to go switch it to saga. Push it to go switch it to switch it to saga. Push it to go switch it to switch it to saga. Push it to go switch it to saga saga. So saga saga saga.
Hello, it is Ryan, and I was on a flight the other day playing one of my favorite social spin slot games on chumbacasino.com. I looked over the person sitting next to me, and you know what they were doing? They were also playing Chumba Casino. Coincidence? I think not. Everybody's loving having fun with it. Chumba Casino is home to hundreds of casino style games that you can play for free anytime, anywhere, even at 30,000 feet. So sign up now at chumbacasino.com to claim your free welcome bonus. That's chumbacasino.com and live the Chumba life. No purchase necessary. DTW, avoid, we're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions 18 plus.